Jones. And now, a sports break with Jonathan McLean. This is your Roller Out the Barrel News Break for Saturday, January 21st, 1871. I'm Jonathan McLean. Dateline, Boston. The baseball world said, welcome to the party, pal, as the Boston Baseball Association was established. Organizers stated multiple times during the recent meeting to elect officers that no players except those known to be of unquestionably good character and standing should be employed. The expectation is that former Cincinnati Red Stockings Harry and George Wright will be brought in to help mold the high character of the team. Organizers are so dead set on the rights that if they couldn't secure their services, they would drop the whole team. More top-notch talent from around the country is expected to be brought in, including the Wrights' former teammates, Charles Gould and Calvin McVeigh, first-class pitcher Albert Spaulding of the Forest City Baseball Club of Illinois, and from the Flower City Baseball Club of Rochester, New York, a man whose very name instills high character and temperate habits, Samuel Jackson. When asked how well he expected his season to be this year, Jackson quipped, Hold on to your butts. The association promised the most exciting contests and interesting displays of manly skill to a degree which no other sport or game presents, as well as an exciting outdoor sport free from the objectionable surroundings and evils connected with nearly every other of our great public sports. Speaking of objectionable surroundings, J.J. Newman's store was broken into this past Thursday night. The culprits? Probably boys. The damage? About $20 worth of cutlery. In other news, area local William Brinian was injured when he was kicked in the groin by a refractory horse. When asked for comment, Brinian said that it was truly a tale of woe. I'm Jonathan <laughs> McLean, and this has been your Roller Out the Barrel News Break. All right. Woo! It's the Roller on the Barrel Show. I am your host, the Barrel Roller, Matthew Bernard. I am joined by my muse, my partner, Rudy Swamp Fox Frius. Rudy, how are you this evening? I got a little choked up there. I'm doing great. It's, it's so good to see you. So in an effort to bring a much higher quality audio presentation to the masses, we took a step back. Uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so we're back on my phone. I don't know how. I don't know why. But here we are. Uh, but, you know, we interview vintage baseball players from Coast to Coast Border Border. Uh, it's what we do on this crazy thing. Don't forget, we got a YouTube channel that you can uh, see these interviews on, and you can also uh, see some game footage. Uh, most recently, I believe we have the the match nobody wanted: the Columbus Capitals no. against the Columbus Buckeyes at the World Tournament. Uh, no, we don't. Uh, no, that was we don't have to. No, that was something different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What, what's the, the match nobody wanted. 
Oh, we have the Columbus. I'm sorry, we have the Columbus Capitals against the 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 uh, the ninth volunteers. Volunteers of the Ohio Knights. Is that the only match we got up there? Why am I even advertising this? Listen, we're gonna have a well, lot because during the it's summer. a, it's a full it. link. Well, it's it's not. It's a. I'm using air quotes, friends. A, a full link match, full of commentary and in game call uh, commentary. It's really good. Uh, it is really good. Uh, and we also have a, a tweet. A Twitter, the Twitters, and nothing really, yeah. nothing special. Am I supposed to be this honest? And uh, an Instagram page and whatever. Listen, what you have to do, and we're bringing in, we have uh, Christopher Tonstead, if I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but we're, we're going to be bringing him in right here in a second as we've already taken up a lot of his time with nothing. But now we can finally talk to him. Uh but uh, what you need to do is you need to go and rate us. You need to go subscribe to us. You need to leave reviews. Listen, there's somebody on your vintage baseball club that doesn't even know this thing exists. It's true. You have to share it with your club. You have to share it on your social medias. And when I say you have to, you don't have to. But I just feel like <laughs> I should say you have to. Yeah. Rudy, did yeah. I cover everything? Uh, uh, masterfully, you covered it. And, Welcome uh, to the party, uh, watch, pal. <laughs> watch, watch those numbers go up. So yeah, I'm gonna be in love with my new audio clip. Welcome to the party, pal. Uh, <laughs> and I'll be playing that as we welcome in uh, Christopher Tonstead uh, from the Elizabeth Resolutes of New Jersey. Chris, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? You are pronouncing it correctly. Yes, sir. Welcome to the party, pal. See how that fit in? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Chris, I go through your social media page and I realize something. Uh, is that you and I, we should be friends. <laughs> I was going to say, you're very, very boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, uh, you think like me, you talk like me, you share the same stuff, or maybe I talk like you. Uh, you never know. It's a chicken and the egg kind of thing. It sure is. But I just want to say that uh, back in the Christmas season, you you shared a post that said that you marked yourself safe from Nakatomi Plaza. This could not be any farther from the truth. You are never, you are never safe from Nakatomi Plaza. Nobody is ever safe from Nakatomi Plaza. Uh, Chris, before we talk vintage baseball, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Go. Yes. Unequivocally, absolutely, yes. Now, <laughs> when people want this argument with me, I give them all the reasons. But what's your number one reason you tell people why it's a Christmas movie? It happens during a Christmas party. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> See, that should be that should be Bruce Willis. That should be Bruce Willis after he throws the body out the window, yelling at <laughs> Reginald Bell Welcome to the party, pal. I mean, there's a lot of gunfire, I think, so you'd have to clean it up. But that would be perfect. Yeah, well, Jonathan McLean isn't going to sue us. <laughs> okay. <All right>. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I understand the celebrity types to be quite litigious. Yeah, so. though. Yeah, John. Yeah, uh, John McTiernan. He's getting back into directing, so he may he may take umbrage with that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is where I this is where I mess <laughs> with the camera a lot, uh, Chris. Before we get into your personal voyage in vintage baseball, can you give us a, a couple of minutes and talk about Paul, uh, who you somewhat recently lost in the vintage community? Uh, 
last? Uh, yeah. Um, actually, Paul, Paul and I met through Facebook um, because I actually went and went to uh, an Elizabeth Resolute game before I was even remotely thinking of playing. Um, I took a lot of pictures. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. And I posted the pictures on Facebook and started to tag the teams. And out of nowhere, Paul uh, DM'd me and he said, hey, glad you came out and uh, saw the game. You know, thanks for posting. Do uh, you ever think about playing? And I, I kind of like was taken aback and said, well, no, but you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discounting that I can play. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm, I'm no, I'm no spring chicken and I haven't been athletic in <laughs> way too long. So I, I, I made sure he knew this and he says, no, it's okay. We need young guys like you. And I'm like, wait a minute, how old is your team? <laughs> so we, we, we got off, we got off swimmingly um, because we, we just went back and forth. Um, and of course I tried out and uh, of course a tryout with Paul is you're pretty much on the team unless you're just absolutely awful. Um, I was just above absolutely awful. So I slid in. Um, but yeah, uh, 2019, we basically practiced that whole year. Or I'm sorry, 2020, we practiced that whole year. Um, met the team in 2019, late 2019. COVID shut everything down, uh, really no game. So the team just practiced. And we had uh, our first game with this current roster of the Resolutes in September uh, playing the uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Atlantics. Um, oh, those guys. <laughs> yeah, they were they they had been friends with uh, Paul for for a long time. Uh, of course, you know Paul and and Ed Elmore. They're they go what they go way back. Mm-hmm. Um, so Paul was there. He didn't play. He was still uh, he was still going through treatment for his cancer. Um, and we while we didn't win both games, we kept it respectable. Um, we were only down. We there was never like a double digit deficit that we had to come back or. Uh, uh, differential I'm sorry um so we played we we played well as a team and Paul said you know he was proud how we played of course he had plenty of critiques you know he would never just go hey good job guys it's like oh what the hell are you doing at third base with you know stay on the, <laughs> stay on the bag what do you uh? so it was but it was it was good that he actually got to see us play uh after practicing that whole year and uh unfortunately just you know just over a month later, we lost him. He uh, he lost his battle with cancer, and it was it was surprising because we really thought he was we we thought he was beating it. Um, so when we got the news, it was it hit us pretty hard. So um, and it hit everybody hard that knew him. Um, the one of the uh, first phone calls I got was from Paula Weaver, and she was she was just like, "Oh my God, I didn't know." Because uh, she's, she, you know, nobody really called her to say this was happening. We just kind of kept it to ourselves. And uh, that's when she said, you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you, I'm going to make up these armbands that say quick step. And you guys can wear them throughout the season, you know, for Paul. And it was just, it was just one of those, one of those things that it cemented, uh, it cemented us as like an extended family. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was I knew I was going to make friends playing vintage baseball, but a lot of it has really grown, grown beyond friendship, uh, which is really, that, that's, 
it's always encouraging when you get involved with something and you're you're that invested in it. So, um, but that's basically uh, how I met Paul and how he got me to play. And I I think I'm doing better now. <laughs> they haven't kicked me off the team, so. Uh, you're lucky. Paul's not here to let you know for for sure, for sure how you're doing. You know. <laughs> I, I tell you, if uh, I usually play second base, and if I if I screw something up, I can hear him hear yelling him. down it. He's just like I, you can hear. Ah, my own. You know, it's. <laughs> I can hear his voice, and yeah, it's when we screw up, we hear him absolutely. What what an amazing like, like it's such a that experience alone is a roller coaster of just your introduction to the community and then you you find out about it it gets shut down as everything else does so you don't even really get to experience it fully in like that first year you have to wait a while to get going and then you this this figurehead in the community is that the person who brings you in and then that's wow and but you know and it's it's just you just said the extended family it speaks to how much he meant to the community, how much the Resolutes mean to the community, and like that they all felt, we've all felt that collective loss and yeah. that you have that support system around you to, you know, to 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 grieve with, to comfort, and it, it's really something special. So It is. It really is. Um, the In 2020, when we did the Baseball History Day, we had, we had a bunch of teams uh, come out, and it was, it was just enough, people so, so we could form uh six teams and we played on three fields and oh no i'm sorry that was last year i was uh we had enough to do uh two teams on two fields okay. um we had uh uh we had the liberty we had uh rising sun came um uh, of course the atlantics were there um i'm trying to remember uh, uh elton came up yeah. Um, so it was a lot of people that knew Paul and, uh, uh, Chuck Chicarello and Pine Tar came down. Um, and we all, you know, anybody that had anything to say, you know, we had, in between games, we kind of, uh, we kind of remembered Paul. Um, so yeah, it was that, that right there was, a, a, again, you know, furthering that, that feeling of extended family. Um, and, uh, it was, what really got me was, you, you know how when somebody reaches out to you and says, hey, I want you to be a part of this. I think you'll be beneficial. You know, you take that to heart. You're like, wow, thank you. You know, and I got to I got to know Paul as, you know, we went through practices and we'd stay afterwards. And I'd talk to him on the phone, you know, give him ideas. And he would bounce stuff off of me like, you know, hey, did I come off? Did I come off gruff? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, he's Paul. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I, I knew what you were saying. I didn't take your your tone to heart, uh, but I took the criticism. It's like, ah, I don't know. Some people, they think I'm, you know, that I, I know I sound like an asshole, but I'm I'm just trying to be constructive. I'm like, you're good. <laughs> so, uh, so we had we had this this really good relationship foundation, and we were growing on it. And then then when he mentioned his uh, his his cancer, and then ultimately losing him. Um, I know people that have known him for years and years and years, and they took it really hard. And I, I will never feel that kind of loss, but it was it was very much like I'm having a good day, and then somebody pulls the rug out from under me, and I fall down. It was just one of those things, like out of nowhere. I'm like, I can't believe it. It really it it it, it, it affected me. Um, I really 
wished I had more time with him. Uh, absolutely. More time with him and more time with vintage baseball. How many times do you kick yourself that you didn't find this until uh, you were already a, a tad long in the tooth? Yeah, I long in the tooth, teeth falling out. Yep. I wish I I really wish I had found this uh, 20 years ago. Uh, honestly, um, I'm trying I, I'm progressively getting you know back into shape, but it's you know at my age, it's getting a lot harder. Uh, had I been a part of this a lot earlier, uh, I can't even imagine I, I, it would it would have been something a lot bigger than it, it, I can't explain it. I, I really wish, you know, of all the all the regrets, I wish I'd found this earlier. Absolutely. Last week we had uh, Darren Tenney on, and we were trying to get him to play some guitar, and it didn't. It did not turn out. And it harkens back to the Paul Salamone episode I had, where I asked Paul to play the piano. It did not turn out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, yeah. But uh, but everybody, if you want to learn about Paul Salamone, uh, is it Salamone or Salamoni? I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways too, and I'm. Um... I think it's just Salamone. I thought so too. And you can go back in the archives in the Roller of the Barrel archives and listen uh, to that episode. It was a great episode. Uh, my fondest memory of that episode is after we uh, stopped recording, Paul and I talked vintage baseball for another hour uh, after that. So that was amazing. I had a great talk with him. It's the only time I've ever had any uh communication with them and it was a, a great memory for i'll always have with the show i mean i would have had it anyway so i mean that was just yeah. a great day for me so uh chris yeah, what, you... what is your uh what is your vintage name oddly enough we really don't have vintage names or nicknames on the team we joke about it but we never really we never really did that. It's actually historically accurate. So yeah, I know and that's, that's <laughs> one of the things, you know, like, I mean, to be honest with you, when I prep for a game, I usually drink, uh, like, uh, like a V8 equivalent, like a tomato juice with, you know, veggies in it. It tends to make me gassy. So, you know, while I'm on the field, <laughs> I'll be at bat and, you know, the catcher will be like, really dude. Um, I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll go to, you know, like I'll be on, I'll make it the first, I'll wait for, you know, wait for the, the, the pitcher to commit and I'll take off and run and first base is looking around like, is this guy serious? <laughs> so there were some, there were some, some, uh, the team kind of had like, uh, let's say related nicknames for me, but none of them really stuck, so to speak. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. That's a heck of a strategy. Oh. It, it works. So now I'm like I'm like doubling <laughs> up. I'm and uh Lawrence Major, uh he was he was catching and I, I'll never forget it. He's he's just like he's like just whatever you do, don't don't fart. And I'm like, Lawrence, it's not farting, I'm blowing you a kiss. It's all out of love. <laughs> <laughs> well we have <laughs> we have the name of the episode. <laughs> 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 but uh, humor you can't go wrong the, the crazy thing about getting older is and you hear it you hear it your whole life but when you start experiencing things how things have to change so within the last year i've had to i've had to knock dairy out completely 
I, I cannot have dairy because I become so gassy that the wife won't stay in the same room with me. Uh, so I had already given up on milk. I moved to almond milk a couple of years ago. That was just for, just for, uh, health. That was not, I wasn't having issues at that point. So it's been not as hard of a transition. I had already started transitioning out, but now no more cottage cheese. Uh, I had to switch yogurt brands. Uh, you know, there is no more dairy in my life. The next thing I have to do, which I haven't done yet is switch cheese, which, Oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to live on a no dairy, no dairy cheese. Like that's probably the worst culprit of my situation actually, but that sounds awful. That, I, stupid. I, <laughs> I uh, honestly, if it, in your position, I would probably just, I just take my lumps, just go outside, relief, and come in and I, I, I cheese, <laughs> yogurt. Uh, that's, I don't know if I could do that. I Milk, f- I'm kind of mean, but I, I feel like if I have to switch cheese, I already have one foot in the coffin. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> that's it. I'm, it's, it's, I'm in a casket match with the Undertaker. I got a foot in. <laughs> man uh chris you've only been playing a couple of years so uh it's it's good for us to switch it up on here uh once in a while for one i wanted to get another resolute on here for two you have a a big social media presence as far as i know who we are i've i've seen you and uh like i said we are copacetic we're right here on the same wavelength (laughs) on just about everything oh my god even more than rudy and i are i love you rudy and and uh so it's nice to have the viewpoint of somebody who's only been around it a couple of years as opposed to some of those old fuckers we've had no just kidding i was (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah i can i can definitely understand the whole wishing i would have found it 20 years earlier because i went through the same thing i only got to play oh i i stretched out I played for bits and pieces of 10 years and then had to hang it up uh, a couple years ago. So a couple years ago, last year, two years ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a very, I'm very disappointed. I did not come across it sooner, but Hey, what can you do? Stay involved. Chris, when your body gives out, everybody needs an umpire. Uh, I have umpired one game. Um, and of course, you know, it, umpires, you're either, when you're officiating, you're either, you're never going to keep everybody happy. It's usually 50 50. But actually, I was broken into umpiring a match between the Atlantics and the Liberty. Um, so I knew everybody, a few people that I wasn't really familiar with on the Atlantics, um, and a couple of calls where they disagreed with me and they would just look at me and kind of, huh? And then, of course, Lawrence being the pitcher he is, he'd throw another pitch while they're standing there and take advantage of it. Um, but I, that's definitely something I have um, – I'm not going to say thought about, but I think people are, you know, hey, you did one, you want to do another, that kind of thing. So I'm trying to keep fit so I can stay as active as possible. I'm trying – I got a fitness re- uh, regimen that I'm doing, trying to do, like – four or five times a week. Uh, hopefully it 
works. We'll see at our, at our first game uh, on the 25th. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely don't want to hang it up unless I absolutely have to. I'm looking at your schedule. When you look at your schedule, do you, does anything pop out to you? I mean, you guys get to play in some great places on the East Coast. I am so jealous of that. <laughs> uh, is there anything that pops out to you on this schedule where you're like that? You pointed to that. That's the one. Well, there there are a couple. Um, the 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 ones the the festivals that we normally go to, go to of course like uh, Rocky Point where we see the the Providence Grays. Hey, I'm um, gonna see you there. I'm gonna see you at Rocky Point. There you go. Cool. Um, I know that we uh, uh, Shaggy from uh, Brandywine got us uh, involved in a round robin tur- tournament with the um, Gettysburg Generals, who we've never played before. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, looking forward to playing the athletics. They're coming to our history day, and we're going to actually play them down in Camden County for their historical society. So that's another one. Um, and it seems like the last three years, we always start our season by heading over to play the Atlantics because they are, I mean, the Resolutes and Atlantics have been playing back and forth for as long as the Resolutes have been around. So, and they, we, we always have good spirited matches with them. We, you know, we love the team. They're, they're always good to us. We try to reciprocate when they come see us, uh, always have a good time with them. Um, I was encouraged to get a hold of Frank with the Hoboken nine. So we're going to be playing them. It's good to see them kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, Honestly, uh, it's hard to pinpoint. The new teams that we haven't played, I'm definitely looking forward to. Those are probably the ones I'm really looking forward to. But honestly, all these people, I want to play them uh, because we either we either really know we know them and we really have fun playing them, or um, they're the new teams that uh, like like Philly and uh, Gettysburg that we just haven't played before, but we know we we can be evenly matched with them. You start your season on March 25th. That's a bit optimistic, don't you think? Yeah, you gotta, you, you gotta. Sometimes you just gotta live by the seat of your pants. Walk, um, us, walk us through what a, a a late March game can be like. I tell you, our we did this last year. It was late March. Um, this all kind of started uh, me and Dean Emma going back and forth uh, when I first took over scheduling in twenty. Uh, 2021 um, I didn't realize that our home field Broadway River Park they only take reservations for fields starting April 1st so I started planning you know let's do late you know mid to late March um, and I sent it in they're like oh we, we don't we don't take that you know you gotta you gotta April I'm like oh so then I was like so if we play anyway are we gonna get to like eh, county cops I don't know and so I was like whatever uh, so I reached out to Dean. I'm like, hey, they were supposed to come to us. And I said, can we flip-flop it? And he's like, yeah, sure. So that's kind of how this all started. Now, last year we did this. Uh, it was late uh, It was late March. Um, we showed up. Sun was shining. Beautiful day. Uh, first game was 1864. Started playing. Uh, wind picked up. Clouds came over. Got chilly. Okay, no problem. Um about you know we, we uh, I believe uh, we won no they won the 1864 game then we moved on to 1870 which is our rules 
sun kind of peaked out, warmed up a little bit. We're in the middle of playing. Um, I think it was like the third or fourth inning. We're out in the field. Clouds come in, starts raining. Um, and so we're kind of keeping an eye on it. Like, okay, if we can't handle the ball, then you know we're going to have to call this or at least, you know, take a break. But, you know, we were, as soon as we came into bat, clouds broke, sun came out, warmed up. It basically did everything except for snow. Wow. <laughs> so it was, it was typical. It was like, like on the Simpsons, it lousy smarts weather. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Let me, uh, I just want to clarify. You were introduced to vintage baseball in 2019. Yes. No vintage baseball except practice in 2020. Yeah. By 2021, you are doing all of the scheduling for your club? Yes. What happened was um, when we got the news about Paul, um, our the the um, our current captain who, and the person who captained our game when we played at the end of 2019 uh, is Craig Combs, and um, after you know after we you know we, we initial grieving and you know shock of losing Paul, uh, it was a Saturday and I, my phone rang and I saw it was Craig, so I picked it up and I'm thinking this is it. Either they're shutting the team down or I'm off the team because. I'm definitely on the lower rung as far as talent. So I'm like, uh, hello. Um, he's like, Hey Chris, it's Craig. How you doing? You know, well, you nice and easy and everything. He's like, look, you know, just so you know, uh, we're going to continue with the team. And I'm like, Oh God, here it comes. And, he's, and he said, we think you'd be perfect to do the scheduling. And I just, it was like Wiley coyote with the jaw hitting the ground. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> um, he said, uh, he said, you know, we, I talked to uh, our equipment person is Matt, who's our outfielder. Uh, the treasurer is going to be uh, our shortstop, Frank. Uh, he says, you know, we know that you're, you're really, in, you know, you want to be a part of the team and you're putting in a lot of effort outside of just practice and playing. He says, that's why we, we think he'd be good for scheduling. And I said, if you think I can do it, then yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. And let me tell you the first it was like, uh, I, I'm going to need emails. I'm going to need phone numbers. And uh, he gave me all he had. And then from there, I just kind of, you know, grew on that uh, using Facebook to reach out to teams. And, you know, and of course, my inexperience, I'm, you know, doing stuff that's, you know, now I look back, I'm like, oh, okay, that was, you know, that was probably. Stupid. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just basically threw me in. And uh, fortunately, I, I'm not going to say I swam, but I was pretty buoyant. <laughs> you didn't drown. There you yes, go. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you you mentioned that you guys played by eighteen seventy rules. Uh, how often during your schedule do you get to play by those rules? Actually, we try. Uh, if you come and play us, we we definitely want to get at least one game of eighteen seventy. Usually, uh, when we schedule, we do like a home and home uh, where you know we travel. Usually, the the New Jersey teams, it's only one game. Um, and we travel to like uh, the Howell Living History Farm where the Flemington plays 1864. It's usually one game. But when we do doubles, like uh, uh, Providence will come see us um, in June, I believe. And what we'll do is uh, we'll play 1870 and then we'll play 18, I believe they're 84. So when they come to see us, 
they'll play our rules, we'll play theirs. And we try to do that for any visiting team. Like when Brooklyn comes to us, we'll do 64 and 70. Uh, when we go see them, the same thing. Um, mentioning Hoboken again, you know, when I was scheduling and Frank got back, and he's like, yeah, sure, we'll come out, we'll play. I was like, yep, for, you know, two games. He was like, yeah, sure. I was like, 64 and 70? He's like, oh, God, we suck at 70, but okay. I'm like, all oh, right. Look at that. That's that's something that's rarely seen in the Midwest. That's very nice to hear. No, it's uh, I, and I I put it out there, and if they're like, ah, we're only up for one game, that's fine. As long as we get to play, it's not like a a hard fast thing. Like you know, two games or not at all. Um, so yeah, it, and same thing with uh, it's funny because Brian Travers, when when I get in touch with him and we schedule, he's like, can can we play our rules? Because apparently. A lot of when whenever when they travel around, they don't get a, a lot of chance to play the '84 rules. And uh, we, when he came to us last year, we, we had to borrow their equipment, all of our equipment that we inherited from Paul. It, it needs some TLC, so we took care of what we knew we were going to use. But like the catcher stuff, it was just it was it needs attention. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, I, I got in touch with Brian. I said mind if we borrow your stuff when, you know, you're, you know, he's like, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll show you. And they were great. They're always, yeah, they're Brian and the whole group with Providence. They're just, they're just awesome guys to play. And they're, they're awesome friends to have. Um, when we, uh, we went to Rocky point in, uh, 21, he actually, when we played them, uh, I don't think it was, I don't think it was Providence. I think it was, uh, the mutuals. He actually, uh, since Paul was a, a veteran, he had a, a properly trifolded flag, and he put it on first base where Paul usually uh, usually played. And he says, you know, just a quick moment for Paul, and it was, you know, just to oh, show, him. yeah, just yeah. to show like he affected people. Like he, I mean, he pissed people off, but he also showed a lot of love. So. <laughs> Uh, hey, it's time for a new segment that we've never done on the show before. Uh, Rudy, I think we talked about this, but uh, Chris uh, studied theater at George Mason University. So this I'm a is, thespian. This is, a, this is a little segment I like to refer to as <laughs> Two Dudes Talking Theater. Go, Rudy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, it's so it's so nice to meet a fellow thespian in the community. What, what was uh, that? So, uh, what? Uh, uh, oh, thespian. No. Yeah, you heard you heard me. You, I, I said theater. See, when you when you go to college and major in uh, performance, you learn how to enunciate and hit those plosives. So, uh, talk talk about that experience. What uh, what made you choose? to a major that was uh, going to be so plentiful, uh, you know, once you graduated. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I wanted to get into film and back, back in the, you know, I graduated high school in 90. Um, if you wanted to go to film school, you had to go to New York or California. And the only other thing I could do was really theater, um, which was the closest thing. Not really. I mean, it was, it was beneficial because it taught you um, it taught you the blocking, uh, it taught you uh, visual perception, um, things that would transfer over. But you know, a lot of the stuff like you know, a director in theater, he'll block everything out, and then when the performance happens, he's out. He's not you know, it's all stage manager's uh, job from there. 
Um, so that's really why I did that. And then, um, of course, the film, the illustrious film career never materialized, but uh, I'm really jealous of the technology that's out there now. I mean, for, you know, minimal out, I mean, even on my phone, you can just go out and make a movie, put it on YouTube and get noticed. So Right? It's, 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 it's ridiculous. I, I, uh, I graduated high school in 2000 and then, <sighs> yeah, well, I was right on the cusp. Like I was like, when I graduated college, they're like, you need a black and white headshot. And I was like, we're still doing that. Okay. And then I moved to, I worked in, uh, up in a, a regional theater in Cleveland, Great Lakes Theater Festival for a couple of years. And then I was like, I'm going to New York because, like you said, New York yeah. or L.A., New York or yeah. L.A. I moved to New York during the writer's strike. <laughs> and uh, and so there was absolute. I mean, I got in a, one of those like off, off, off broadways, you know, yeah. like, that's what they I was like, how many offs are you putting in this like yeah. that situation? Um, in the Upper West Side, it was a lot of fun. But eventually you're just like all the jobs are being taken by the actors that aren't doing, uh, you know, uh, uh, the shows are shut down, you know, no one's yeah. doing, you know, so like, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. Did you, uh, did you have a, a, a particular interest or preference in say a genre at all for, uh, that spoke to you? Um, not a big fan of musical theater, which, which is funny because my wife loves musicals. I'm like, ah, oh, all right. <laughs> I'll make the, I'll make that concession. Um, but um, I love um, I love the Manit. Uh-huh. Um, I love like the fast paced dialogue. Um, so stuff like that. That's what I kind of gravitated towards. Um, when I was uh, at George Mason, um, they would have this thing called Drama Rama, where the directing class would put on just a scene, and there was a it was like a core of us. There was like maybe three or four guys, um, Dennis, Joe, myself, and then uh, one other person who unfortunately I don't remember his name. And we're all like, all right, we'll be in each other's, you know, scenes or whatever. Um, and I did, uh, I did talk radio by Eric Bogosian. Um, I forgot which section I did. And I was, I had, I was like, I'm going to do production. I'm going to have like, I'm going to record uh, an intro so it'll, it'll fade in. And it, it was, we all bit off way more than we could chew. And uh-huh. there was, there, uh, there was, I'm trying to remember what I was trying to, I forgot the, 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 the play, but it got to the point where I, it was like one of the last ones I'm doing and I'm on stage and we, we literally had the script in front of us because we were just so wiped. Yeah. And, and the guy that I'm, my friend Joe, who I'm, I'm, uh, I'm playing against, he just goes, oh, I mean, just like another stratosphere of like off the script. And I'm, uh, um, <laughs> I'm looking around, and the guy that was the uh, Dennis who had directed it, you could see him just waving his arms, like, get off the stage, just go, just go. And so we just kind of like got up and left. And there was like, it, it, you could hear, like, you could actually hear crickets and then just the one little. <laughs> let's start. Let's, let's, let's. <laughs> and that's all it was. Nobody else, everyone else was just in awe of how bad it was. Just some, some guys will say, hey, you do just for being there. You're, you. oh. <laughs> so we had to, and this was for a grade. And my directing teacher came up, um, Rick Davis, awesome guy. I actually think 
at the time he was a member of the academy uh, where he was actually a voting member. And he came back to us. He said, he's just, oh my God, what happened? And I'm like, I don't know. I just locked up. And Joe was just like, wow, I just started winging it. And I'm like, no shit. (laughs) So we had to redo that. And we actually, when we redid it, not in front of an audience or anything, we we actually got the timing down and nailed it. Um, And I'm trying, oh God, I remember, I, and there's this one section where it's uh, it's two th- it's two guys going back and forth. They're they're actors, and I just remember like one of the lines, like one of them goes off stage, and the other one is this: well, "Whether the weather be cold, or whether the weather be hot, we'll be together. Whatever the weather, whether we like it or not." And that's I had to like memorize that and get it out like in that cadence. And the, but and everything else about the performance, I don't remember. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty much it, honestly. Like when you get in those moments, you just. Yeah, those, those little moments are the things that stick with you. All and, right. Yeah. Let's I'm see. Sorry, if, go ahead. Let's see if we can go around in a circle and say theater is in the most snooty possible voice as possible. Uh, we'll go around three times. I'll start. Theater. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I believe you mean barrel roller. The theater. <laughs> um. Jesus, high bar. Um, uh, theater. Ooh. Theater. From the, from, the, from the diaphragm. There you go. Hope I didn't ruin your levels. Theater. Now let's do Theater. Theater. How am I going to follow that? Um, <laughs> uh, the only way to do it is just, just bomb it out. Theater. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I look on your social media pictures and I see you in a bunch of uh, Civil War uniforms. Uh, is this? Are you reenacting or are you taking part in plays? What is that all about? It's it, it, technically it's Revolutionary War. Okay. Um, it is it is a uniform uh, fashion. It's a Revolutionary War uniform fashioned after the uniform that may have been used by the crew captained by uh, John Paul Jones. Um, because back then they really didn't have any kind of uniforms to speak of. Um, the reason why I have that, um, going back probably like right after I graduated, uh, high school, um, Fort Frederick State Park has a, uh, uh, they have like a, um, a group that, you know, supports the park and they put on what they call a sutler's event where you basically go in there and you're period correct from the French and Indian war. Um, it's vendors. So when you're there, you're camping, you're cooking over an open pit. You're, there's no like radios or anything. You literally are, are immersed back into the French and Indian war. And uh, I did that with my father for several years. And then when I moved up to New Jersey, got down there maybe a couple of times, um, but I missed it. And then when I lost my father, Coincidentally, uh, because of cancer, um, one of the things I wanted to do was like, I'm going to get, he, he was, he always made fun of me because I bought a shirt 
He's like, I ain't ever going to wear that anywhere. Um, so I'm like, you know what? For my dad, I'm going to get an actual uniform. And I wanted to do like a naval uniform. Um, so just out of nowhere, I just, you know, I sent them my measurements and uh, it was Smiling Fox Forge was the uh, sutler that did it for me. Uh, they had me measure. It, it's it's legitimately a fitted suit. It's really, really well, well made. Um, so now I have this thing. And of course, at the time I was working with my, uh, my father-in-law and my family at our Harley dealer. And, uh, you know, of course Halloween comes by, that's my, that's my uniform or my, uh, my, uh, costume. And, um, and then we got more and more involved with our local historical society, uh, the Merchants and Drovers Tavern Museum. And they would do, um, uh, kind of like, uh, Haunted tours of the uh, neighboring Rahway Cemetery, which has a very, very, uh, very old history. Actually, the oldest grave in there is like 1740s. So what they'll do is, you know, we'll pick a grave site that has a story and uh, they'll guide them through, you know, at night. And what I'll do is I'll have my lantern and I'll just kind of in the background, just be walking around. Of course, the 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 footwear is it's all you know legit it's not you know there's no sketches or anything it's hard leather with wood heels so as i'm walking you hear me tromping along um and i'll just you know you'll see this ghostly figure walking along uh with a lantern and then i got to the point where i'm also you know i'd get behind them and i'd throw like a branch up in the trees and you'd hear ah, what's that you know so i started using that for them and basically just volunteering with them. That's where that came from. So the, the, uh, the theater never leaves you is basically what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I, there's always a little bit of this, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not like flamboyant about it, but I do like to, if I'm going to perform, I'm going to perform to the best of my ability. There you go. Theater. I am a horrible actor, by the way. That's why I wanted to be a director. I oh. no, no stage presence. I yep. Um, I'm more behind the scenes. Well, that's, no, no. That's we had all... to we had to do we had to do a full like we had as I I made I'm a performance uh, in, uh, major and in, in graduate from Ohio University, and we had to do everything. I was assistant master electrician for dancing at Lunasa. I, wow. you know, you had to do, uh, uh, you had to do a directing, uh, a, a semester of directing. So like I got, yeah. I, I can butcher some direction of checkoff, like nobody's <laughs> business. Like, yeah. And that's when I realized, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't be the person telling people what to do until I figure out what the hell I'm doing. So yeah. Yeah. Like no, no. Same thing with me. Like I'm, I'm acting, you know, hard what for you know i'm just it's I so wouldn't i was awful i knew i was awful and my teacher is just like look you're passing but don't pursue this as a career i'm like yeah i, I agree with you i love it hey rudy have uh have we been joined by our second guest yet yes we have okay uh you want to tell him give us five more minutes uh and then we'll uh we'll transition from one guy to the next but uh you got it but before we let christopher go uh, we do have to give him the old pepper. And uh, I don't know, uh, Chris, if you've actually listened to any of our episodes, and let alone stay to the end. But at the very end of the episode, <laughs> we do a little uh, thing. Give you the old pepper. This is where you lie and say you've listened to every episode. 
every episode, religiously. Theater. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like my dairy situation, but it's not. It's a theater situation. Uh, uh, Okay, here we go. Which is more likely to exist? A Yeti or a Loch Ness Monster? Ooh, Yeti. What type of dancing do you wish that you knew how to do? The Charleston. Rate the five Die Hard movies in order from best to worst. Die Hard. Die Hard 3. The rest don't matter. This is true. (laughs) This is true. Uh, I told you we're on the same wavelength. Uh, What is your favorite BG song? Jive talking. Uh, What is your favorite Paul Salamone saying? Damaron. How many seahorses would it take to kill a giraffe? Uh, uh, strategically placed, only one, really. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. What, what was your first car? A 1975 Chevy Monza with a 262 V8. Chevy Monza. Uh, Love that car. Uh, name an overrated superhero. Um, Aquaman. What would you say the current shape is of Atlantic City's boardwalk? Crooked. <laughs> I haven't been there since I was like 13. I was just curious. It seemed even when they straighten it, it's crooked because it's just Atlantic City. It seemed it seemed pretty bad back then. Uh, what was your first concert? Van Halen, nineteen eighty four. Oh, that was a wow! That was a crazy concert, was it not? That was a packed house. That was yeah. I I. I was still in, I was still down in, in Northern Virginia. I'm trying to remember if it was at the Capitol center had to have been, but yeah, just awesome show. Uh, name where you get the best pizza in New Jersey. Oh, you're going to do this for me. Uh, Jesus. Um, It's easier to name the ones that aren't good. Um, no, don't there's... do that. That's bad. Don't do that. Just... <laughs> no, I, that, that. <laughs> there's, um, there are two places that we go to. Um, there's Nancy's Townhouse Pizza that uses a unleavened crust, very crackery, very crisp. Uh, I think Dave Portnay gave them almost an eight on his uh, One Slice review. And then directly across the street, uh, diagonal is Il Forno Allegna, I think I'm saying that right. And they have a legit Italian wood stove where they cook everything in it, and their pies are really good too. I've asked you a lot of Die Hard tonight. I don't even know why. I just I can't help it. Uh, but because it's awesome. 
the, the last question is name your Mount Rush, Rushmore of Die Hard One characters. Uh, John McClane. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw Ellis up there just because oh, yeah, yeah. Ellis. Yeah. Um, um, Bonnie Bedelia is up there because she's just a, a badass. Oh, she's a bitch. Uh, she's just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Well, Alan Rickman because Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. And no, the last that's one. Four. Uh, how many? How many spots do you think there are on the Mount on Mount we're Rushmore? Gonna, well, let's. I'm, I, you know what? No, nope, get you the dynamite take, out. You got to take one down to put one up. I'm sorry, but you could not just say a fifth. Take one oh, down. Oh man! Up. All right, let's. All right, let's replace Ellis with John Gleason. Just you know, oh, I hope that wasn't one of those. I hope that wasn't a hostage. That that, that right there is like okay. He he he, he redeemed himself. <laughs> uh oh yeah, uh, Breakfast Club. Uh the he's yeah. the teacher from the Breakfast Club, the detention yep. teacher from the Breakfast Club. That's uh that's what the goal. That's a sweet Chris. Too much, your mind. <laughs> uh, does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? His wardrobe. <laughs> Just for that, Mister Bender, next Saturday. Chris, thanks for to... uh, thanks for being such a good sport and coming on the show. Uh, we we appreciate no, you. It was great to have you on here. Uh, it's great to talk to people from the East Coast and. Uh, and get to know them better. I don't run into the Elizabeth Resolutes. I don't believe Rudy does either. So uh, it's great to run across and, and hear about 1870 baseball and everything you guys are doing on the East Coast, which is, uh, you know, top top of the world, ma, in vintage baseball. <laughs> so uh, thanks for coming in, and uh, oh, we appreciate it. At least you. I could do. And I, have to, I do have to thank you because at the Doc Adams Festival, you allowed me to put my camera up under your tent or your easy up to film our game on the, I forget the name of the field. Uh, it's not shank field with the other one, but you were right there. And I'm like, Hey, do you mind if I get under there? And you're like, yeah, sure. Well, I'm a hell of a guy. I don't know if you know about this, uh, about me, Chris. You are absolutely. <laughs> and humble. <laughs> what a hell of a tent. Uh, Rudy, did you want to say goodbye to Chris before we bring in our next guest? Chris, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Um, I'm I'm sure our paths will cross uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, I wish you all the best this season. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you. Hopefully we'll see each other when we're in line for tickets to Hamilton. <laughs> Begrudgingly, yes. Begrudgingly. <laughs> Hamilton's good. Theater. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care, Chris. All right, see you uh, later, bud. Let's go ahead and bring in our closer. The closer. There we're, you go. We're up by one like run in the that. bottom of the ninth. And uh, we're bringing in Bill Helm, uh, the Vintage Baseball Association secretary. And we're going to talk to Bill about the upcoming VBBA conference in Dayton, Ohio. And I'm sure he's had to talk about this and do social media about this so much that he knows everything there is to know about the conference and then some. Hey, Bill, welcome in. How you doing? Hey, doing great. How you doing? Can you hear me? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I want to, wait a second. I want to take a second to uh, uh, publicly apologize to Bill, uh, who has been the most patient guest we've ever had. 
Uh, How I've long been was messaging he Bill while, while Bill was in the waiting room. I've been sending messages saying, we're wrapping up. We're five minutes away. My apologies. So, Bill, thank you so much for your patience. <laughs> it's, it's really not a problem. I told you I'd be in at five, and I got in early, quite a bit early. So I've just gotten some reading done and figuring you'd get to me, and so here we are. We're 17 minutes behind, but it was worse than that. We've actually done quite well. Uh, Bill, it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you, and we brought you in tonight to give you a platform and a chance to talk to everybody in the vintage baseball community from Coast Coast Warrior about the uh, upcoming VBBA conference in Dayton, Ohio. I know that you've been reciting this to so many people. Give us the goods, Bill. What you got? <laughs> well... You know, this is actually my first conference to attend to, which is going to be really, really cool for me. Um, I've been with the VBBA for about four years now. I'm the secretary. Um, I do the minutes and the meetings, and uh, probably more interestingly than that is I put together our newsletter each quarter. So that's a lot of fun, finding interesting vintage baseball stories and getting them out there to our um, to our member base. That way folks like you can read about what's going on in vintage baseball. Um so not only am I always interested in finding interesting stories, I figure every time I talk to someone who uh, is a vintage baseball enthusiast, such as you all, I'm looking for you all to send me your stories that I could get into our newsletter as well. Um, to the conference, um, again, my first conference, um, we check in at 4 o'clock on Friday, and then we do a meet and greet at a restaurant called the Rusty Bucket. We'll spend some time hanging out with each other and you know, folks getting to know each other and, and others just catch up, catching up that they have not seen each other in a while. That'll be our Friday night. Um, Saturday after breakfast and, you know, the opening remarks and whatnot, we've got uh, three separate um, three separate uh, meeting times, 9 to 10, 10 to 11, 11 to 12, where we have um, various um, uh, talks, uh, workshops going on. Um, each of those time slots has three talks. Um one is um, the nine o'clock. We have uh, three talks. VBBA's 20th anniversary committee will be talking with us. Um, also, uh, a gentleman named Richard Heineck will be doing a piece on history isn't always pretty. Pennsylvania's involvement in the segregation of baseball in 1867. Um, another talk um, from the safety committee of the Dayton Fire Department. That should be interesting as well. Um, 10 o'clock, again, three more uh, talks. We have a history of baseball uniforms. Um, Bob Sampson, our historian, will do a talk on ballists, deadbeats, and muffins uh, inside early baseball in Illinois. That's his book that's coming out. And um, we'll also um, learn a little bit about the history of Dayton baseball going back to the 1860s. Um, at 11 o'clock, three more talks. Um, one about... Um, 1800s, uh, you know, clothing, dress, how people would dress back then. Um, uh, Eric uh, Loudenbach, he'll be doing a piece on the art of umpiring, and and I'll be doing a piece on how to connect with the media and uh, and your communities. That's our. Uh, we're actually um, going to have Bob Sampson uh, on uh, within the next month and talk about that book that he has. And uh, let me ask you this, Bill, if you know, is Tracy Martin the one responsible for bringing uniforms to the, the conference for people to look at? In all honesty, I'm not sure. Again, it's my first conference. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not sure. Um, 
our, our VBBA president, Gary Shipakasi, uh, is probably even more knowledgeable, I would say. I was just checking out uh, the Facebook, <clears throat> as my mic moves, so I apologize, uh, checking out the Facebook uh, updates. And <clears throat> it it looks like that there are, I, I saw two previous Roller Out the Barrel guests, uh, Mule Willis of the Clodbusters, uh, will be presenting, and I believe I, I I think I saw Tracy up there too, Barrel Roller. Oh, so that so because I thought I had heard something, so Tracy must be doing the uniforms, uh, then doing a presentation on the uniforms. Uh, Bill, as as secretary of the VBBA, well, you're going to be busy, and you're not going to necessarily get to enjoy everything, but as Bill Helm, a person and a vintage baseballist. What's the thing you're looking forward to the most at the conference? Oh, geez. For me, that's easy. Our keynote speaker, Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro League Baseball Museum. I'm just so excited about the fact that uh, he'll be at the conference and he'll be talking and, and we'll get to learn from him about the, about the Negro League Museum and, and uh, what he's doing with uh, the Negro League um, history. That, that's just real exciting to me. Uh, Bill, are you affiliated with a current vintage baseball club? I am. Um, I moved up to Washington a couple years back, and I'm in the process of forming a team called the Whatcom Aces. Whatcom is the name of the county that we uh, live in, and uh, Aces, that's named after my friend Mike Adrian, who passed away uh, about a year and a half ago now. Um, his nickname on the ball field was Ace, so, um, so we call ourselves the Whatcom Aces. Is this, we're, we're a team forming. Is this Washington State? Yes, it is. A lovely tribute. What 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 uh, era rules do you think you're going to start with? Well, we're definitely going to go with 1860 rules. Um, I lived in Arizona for eight years, and I was on a team in, in an eight-team league. We played 1860 rules. My team was the Fort Verde Excelsiors. We were kind of in about the middle of the state of Arizona. Um, I captained and played on that team from, gosh, 2013 until we moved out here in uh, May 2021. Wow. Are there any current vintage baseball clubs in Washington, or are you going to be the one and only? We'll be the one and only currently. Um, about eight, ten, gosh, no, actually closer to 15 years ago, uh, there was an effort to uh, put together a vintage baseball team. I don't remember the guy's first name, but his last name was uh, Cartwright, and he, I believe, was the great-great-grandson of Alexander Joy Cartwright, who uh, we all know um, in our uh, 1800s, I history of baseball so he was living in washington he was trying to put together a team um i I found some stuff on facebook about him trying to put together a team and then right around 2008 2009 2010 somewhere around there uh i don't see anything more about him um i think he may have passed away at a young age and um and, and that's the last that i know of a vintage baseball team in washington but a good friend of ours uh blaze lamfire he uh, has a team in uh, Portland, just outside of Vancouver, Washington, and they play a couple games here. Blaze is always somebody I've wanted to get on the show. I'm going to write his name down to remind me to talk to him uh, about such things. Uh, being a secretary of the VBBA, what is what would you say is the most interesting, or one of them, one of the most interesting pieces of baseball history you've come across just being the secretary? 
explored so many things. I mean, I think just I think it's fascinating about the the one bounce rule. You know, when at, at a certain point when you had to catch the ball on a fly, um, I find it fascinating how before 1845 you could throw the ball at a runner to retire him. Um, I think it's interesting that not until 1884, this is probably the most interesting thing to me, not until 1884 could a pitcher deliver the ball with his hand above his shoulder. So if you think about the timeline of baseball history, that means that not until the ninth year of the existence of the National League could a pitcher throw overhand. The National League started in 1876. That rule didn't commence till 1884. So the first eight years of the National League, pitcher couldn't throw overhand. Uh, his hand could not go above his uh, shoulder to pitch. Wild. And, and it's, I mean, I imagine that uh, having had many conversations with a few of the Rules and Customs Committee uh, members that they uh, they really drilled those into you, those little those, those factoids and those numbers. It's a, really a wealth of knowledge. When did you decide that you wanted to be a part of the VBBA? Like, in in uh, in more of a uh, uh, administrative form. Well, I've been playing vintage baseball since 2013. Uh, I met Mike Adrian in 2016. He and his wife had moved out to uh, Arizona, where we were all living at the time. He'd moved out there in 2016 and had been in the uh, in the Midwest in the Chicago area. And he was good friends with Gary Shipakasi, the BBBA president. Um, and through Mike, I had gotten to know Gary and. Um, must have been 2017, 2018, that Gary had asked me at one point to uh, consider being, being the uh, secretary of the BBBA, knowing my uh, my experience as a newspaper journalist and um, and seeing the need for a strong newsletter. He um, he asked me if I would consider taking on that role and being able to uh, write and or um, solicit content for our newsletter. And um, I guess it was 2019, yeah, 2019, I believe it is, when I uh, officially came on board. Great. I know, Bill, you've, uh, you've sent me a message or two over time asking for information and gosh, I wish I had information. <laughs> I, I always have scattered information. I never feel like giving out information until it's, <laughs> it's actual information. And I have, I realize that my vintage baseball life is like a puzzle and there's just missing pieces everywhere. And I'm constantly <laughs> looking for the place I can go for that piece. And that part of the puzzle would be done. I don't know. I think I work my best with a broken puzzle, but, uh, <laughs> Hey, I found this. Uh, I want to get this out there. Uh, the conference is at the double tree suites by Hilton, uh, in Dayton. Uh, there's a special rate deadline of March 15th. Uh, all suite rooms, one nineteen a night, uh, two double beds, two-room suite sofa bed, or king-size bed, two-room suite sofa bed with complimentary breakfast reservations. <laughs> but you can only get that special price for a couple more days. You can call sales manager Sarah Brooks at 937-436-2400, extension 1192, uh, so yeah, just a couple more days to get the special price on that conference and, uh, it sounds, uh, I haven't been to one of these yet. And really, uh, you, you have not been to a, a vintage baseball, a vintage baseball association conference. I have not. Uh, I'm, no. I'm, I don't, 
I don't want this to sound as snooty as the theater thing that we did earlier, but I'm I'm busy. Oh, <laughs> you stop it right now! I have had uh, it, it. It's really a, a lovely time. I mean, here I am talking like I. I the last one that I actually physically attended, I I want to say, <clears throat> oh man. I want to say maybe when it was in Columbus and that was like 2004 or 2006. I'm not 100% certain on those dates. But uh yeah, no, they're they're really great. You have a lot of amazing presentations. I was lucky enough to present twice at the Vintage Baseball Conference and uh, uh it was during the COVID years when I was made plans to come up there to Dearborn, uh, Michigan, and, and Greenfield Village, and, and share some stuff. But it was uh, it was all for safety, done virtually, and it was a great time. Some really amazing content is presented. You uh, you presented twice. Yeah, yeah. Snore. Now, hey, um... <laughs> what was that? You used to live in Columbus, right, Rudy? I I still reside here, still yeah. holding it down in Columbus. Well, you know it's funny. My son lived in Columbus, Ohio, for ten years and just moved out here last uh, last September. What? Oh, congratulations! Yeah, my, my, he was getting his he was getting his bachelor's at Ohio State and his master's. He's um he'll get his master's. He'll finish up in May, and. Oh. Um, Turns out that he's, as he's studying sports industry for his degree, for his master's, he's currently an intern with the uh, uh, Seahawks and the Seattle Sounders soccer teams. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm, I'm going to be complete. I love Columbus. It's my hometown. I will never talk bad about Columbus, but, I mean, there are pretty cooler places than Columbus. And it sounds like he might have found one. It's a double Yeah, my, my son yeah, he, my kid lives in Seattle proper. My wife and I, we live actually, gosh, we're in Bellingham, Washington. We're approximately uh, 20 minutes south of the Canada border. Wow. That's, man, that's amazing. Bill, let oh, me ask great. you this. I, let me ask you uh, this. Uh, uh, where is next year's, I think I saw something about VBBA's conference next year. When do you decide where the next year's conference is going to be? How do you decide? And is this a situation where clubs come to you to try to get it there, like the Super Bowl? Well, to answer your questions backward, then yes, sometimes uh, sometimes folks do say, "Hey, why don't you guys do a conference here in our neck of the woods?" And see, we need we need teams or we need people to provide a proposal for us, put together some sort of information that allows us to uh, lets us board members consider what's going to make the most amount of sense. Is it going to be something that's going to be affordable? Is it? Are they going to offer um, the sort of space that really allows for a good presentation, for good for playing ball? Um, what's the weather going to be like during that time of the year? There, there's a lot of different factors, and we generally we generally make those decisions. Let's call it a year to 18 months in advance, somewhere between a year and 18 months in advance of that conference. Uh, we try to have a uh, a plan for yes, we're going to go with this particular city. Wow! So where's next year's? Uh, next year's is going to be in Florida. Nice, Rudy. That's the one we should go to. <laughs> yeah. Florida, 
Florida in March or late March, early April sounds fantastic. Oh, spring, it's spring break time. Those those uh, plane tickets are going to be nutso. Well, that's when we when we hit the road, barrel roller. We hit the road and we go on the road. Uh, and you. And, and if it takes place in mid March, then we're looking at spring training opportunities. Yeah, oh, that's that's, that's fantastic. You know, you did mention something I wanted to touch on real quick, not to go all the way back, but you were talking about generating content for the newsletter and you look for people to send you stories and such like that. What what type of story would you be looking for if there's a listener out there that's like, oh, I, I would like to try and contribute? You know, it's kind of broad in our in, in what we're looking for. You have an interesting story about how you guys chose your name or how you guys chose your uniforms. Talk about your competition. Maybe you maybe you have um, well, maybe you maybe, maybe you know of an all female team. That that'd be a real cool story. There's an all female team in Arizona started up this year. Um, maybe maybe you make bats. Maybe you make balls. And for one second here, this bat, a souvenir bat. Can you see that? Well, uh, nope. Can't. Hang on. Lean forward and then hold it in front of you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay. 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 This souvenir bat, the folks over at Smacker Bats help one of our Arizona teams do these souvenir bats. The Higley Haymakers vintage baseball team is endorsing these bats now. Oh, wow. Smacker well, that's Bats. That's really cool. Yeah. Smacker Bats, Smacker bats and the Higley Haymakers came up with an idea for, for using these as a marketing tool for getting people out to the games, whether they be fans, whether they be players, whether they just be umpires, whether they be anybody interested in the movement. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in history pieces. I'm interested in father-son pieces. I'm interested in umpiring, uh, scorekeeping. Um anything and everything that is part of the vintage baseball movement. You know, like with any story, guys, any you, you can tell when people are excited about what they're doing, and you can read that excitement in their words. Those are the sorts of stories that I think are most exciting is when people are really excited about what they're doing um, or when they do something just incredibly unique. You know, there's a few folks who make the vintage baseballs. Mar uh, John Tenney out in Arizona, Corky Gaskell, there's others. Um, I've got vintage baseballs made by three different people. A dude named Jason Bell, I believe, is his name. Yeah. In Pennsylvania, yeah. Um, he makes balls and he and he makes bats now too. I've got a bat that he made um, a couple years ago for me, and I've got a ball he made. Well, that's great. Yeah. So those are all interesting stories. I mean. I, I I just I think the I think the vintage baseball movement is quite fascinating. So everybody out there that's listening, uh, all across this country, if you have anything story wise to do that you have in your back pocket for vintage baseball, send it to Bill Helm. How can they contact you, Bill? Well, easiest email is Bill at LindenTribune dot com. I'm the editor of the Linden Tribune newspaper. Linden, Washington. So that's Bill at Linden, L-Y-N-D-E-N, Tribune.com. So every and single person, go ahead. 
No, but you go ahead. Every single person that has a story, I want everyone to wait until <laughs> April Fool's Day. On April 1st, I want every single person that listens to this episode to send Bill a vintage baseball story so he gets it all at once. <laughs> that seems that seems like a horrible idea. <laughs> I'd keep rather him, have too much. They'll keep you busy. Maybe. I don't know. No always, one's going to do it. Always better to have too much than too little. That's true. There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, Bill, thanks for coming in and talking VBBA conference with us. Uh, we really wanted to get that information out just in case. I know it's unlikely that there's a vintage baseballist that is like, what do you mean? <laughs> no, <laughs> social media has been flooded with information. Everybody knows this exists, but uh, it's still, we still want to get it out there just in case uh, there's yeah. somebody that uh, wants to get there and is making a last minute decision. So thanks a lot for coming in and educating us on Dayton and Florida. <laughs> Not a problem, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. No, yeah. Let me uh, let me just also real quick before we we take off. Want to talk about like just I really appreciate all the work you're doing. It is not easy to try and organize this community of people, and your efforts are are noted and and appreciated. So continue the great work. Um, hopefully, we'll see you guys. Uh, uh, well, hopefully I'll see you in Dayton. Um, still uh, trying to solidify some plans, but you know, I'll just get us out of here real quick, Barrel Roller, if that's okay. Uh, stay on after after we let Bill go, but yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. For uh, the Barrel Roller, I'm the Swamp Fox, and we want to tell you to keep it station to station, and we'll see you out in the field. Take care, guys. Recording stopped. Hey, hey, Bill, I'm really excited to uh, hopefully see your conference. I, your 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 topic fascinates me. I can't wait to see it. Looking forward to seeing you, Rudy. Thank you. All Have a right. good day. Uh, as, uh, Bill Helm has closed out the show for us, the VBBA secretary. Here we are. It's just Rudy and myself. Rudy. Hey. Theater. <laughs> Theater. Theater. This one comes with a story real quick. Uh, back in the early 2000s when R. Kelly was doing his Trapped in the Closet saga and they did the making the video of Trapped in the Closet, it always pissed me off when they would talk to him because it would be like, he, this is how he said it, we're really doing this like theater. <laughs> he really he really pissed yeah. you off yeah just I was always on the fence about him anyways and then he'd just be like who says theater 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 <sighs> alright Rudy good good to have you here we had uh, we had some complications in the beginning other people don't know that Chris knows that <laughs> bother than Chris. Chris got a front row seat for it, and he was such a great sport about it. God. One day we're going to get a hang of this, folks. It's going to be our last episode. <laughs> our last episode is going to sound so good. Crystal clear. <laughs> like we're in the room with you. Uh, all right. 
Hey, uh, Rudy, I want to take this opportunity to have you uh, try a different sign-off tonight. Uh, you know, right now. Go. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome I'm to the party, party, pal.